You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome listeners, welcome Sid Talk, welcome everybody to our show. Well, you came out of the gate loud. I did, loud and proud, and <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> oh my god. Nice, nice. You see what I did there? I did, I do, I did, I do. You did, you do. Yep. What's the before the after the show discussion? This movie, and the Ghostbusters in general. Yeah. That's about it. That was We're it. nostalgic. We're good, we're good at being nostalgic of things we enjoy. We are. So I was reading through all the extra stuff, and you're reading through all stuff, trying to find more but, stuff about the Ghostbusters. I like to do um, internet research after I watch a movie. Internet research, right yeah. on. I like to find out who people are, what's going on, how the movie was made, that kind of thing. I feel like Sherlock Holmes, but I'm on the internet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have my little Deerstalker hat on, my pipe. And I'm doing the, you know, I'm looking what Paul Rudd was in. Yeah. Yeah, I like We're not talking in. like you like <laughs> <laughs> like the kind of research you do to get a master's degree or whatever it's called. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking what year Paul Rudd was in. I'm and what on. year did they make the movie? And <laughs> is that girl who sang it in it? Like that kind of stuff. Very yeah. su- And things I'm going to forget as soon as we're done, then it'll be gone. It's not like solid research. So call me a detective. <laughs> You're a detective. So it's Saturday, January the 29th. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast, and this is episode 721. The movie we're looking at this week is Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's a 2021 movie. You can get it on Blu-ray, 4K, streaming right now. Rated PG-13. And it's from our friends at Sony who let us watch a copy. Sid Talk. Give us the synopsis of Ghostbusters colon Afterlife. I'll give you my synopsis. When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Correct. That is correct. All right, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Give us first your experience with the original movies. My experience? I'll be honest, I don't remember... If I went to see them in the theaters, or Mm. if I just ever saw them on VHS and then like HBO and whatnot, because I don't recall. I did see them in the theaters, and then obviously quite a lot on cable and stuff, Mm. because they do get replayed a lot, don't they? Yeah. Still, to this day, never seen the 2016 version, so I can't comment on that one. We'll just leave that out of the discussion. Yeah. We don't want to be snotty if we haven't seen it. We have not. Or, you know, praise praising them if we haven't seen it. No. So, Ghostbusters Afterlife, what did you think? I loved it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved it. I like, sometimes you've got the intellectual part of your brain and sort of like that mushy, soft, nostalgic part of your brain. You've got the part of your brain where you just like what you like, even if the whole world thinks you're insane or you're stupid, whatever, you know? Well, my intellectual brain has to go out sometimes because nostalgia takes over. Like, I remember fondly 
loving the Ghostbusters. And I don't remember why. I haven't watched it for years. Just remember loving it and the the idea and the way it was made. It was just sweet, right? Yeah. Sweet and weird at times, of course, with demonic spirits coming to take over the world. But that feeling just flooded me again. As soon as it starts up and you're telling me these are the grandchildren and the daughter and there's some, as soon as you see the the markers, you know, the little equipment, I don't know what they're all called. They've all got funny names, EPK right? EPK meter or something. E- yeah. I just get right back to that feeling of like, this is just a story that I can let happen and enjoy it. You know, like there's no... I don't even know how to describe it exactly, but yeah, I loved it for that. So I think even if it was flawed and it is flawed, I don't care. I just don't care. Like you can pick it apart if you want and get all snotty and artsy cinema about it or find flaws in the the mythology or the canon of whatever they're doing. But I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> you can just let it be and that's it. No, I really enjoyed it too. And I think it really fits well into everything. Um, when you just said like you could pick it apart or whatever, I didn't have many complaints about it. It al- almost felt like a like a perfect sequel to something. Ooh, this this many years later, it just felt it's kind of what I expected, but it also had a few surprises along the way. Yeah, and it definitely plays your little violin nostalgia violin. Oh God, yeah, I'll make you sad at some points. At some points, you'll be like, "Why am I even sad? Yes. What's going on?" <laughs> I don't have a massive attachment to Ghostbusters. Exactly, what's right? But I feel sad. <laughs> Why do I have tears streaming down my cheek? Yeah. Oh, that's fine, that's fine. It operates on quite a few levels. It, it sets up something new. It brings back things that are old that you remember. So it presses that button, doesn't sure. it? As soon as you see, like, oh, look, the thing that did it for me was when he goes into the barn and is the obviously the Ecto-1 is under the cloth. But you know what? When he uncovers it and stuff, is very unceremonious. Unceremonious, yeah. yeah. But it still makes you go, oh, there it is. It does that several times with different things. Pieces of equipment, the trap, yep. the ghost trap, you know, the stay puffed guy, which was my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that was weirdly. a bit much, but, you know. It was very, I don't know, the trip to Walmart, let's call it, was my least favorite part of the whole movie. It just felt kind of... Precious. Yeah, like, we've got to go here so we can do this. Yeah. So I don't disagree. Like a detour from the movie. But I did like the way it all unveils. It's interesting, the family. Everybody's likable. Did you notice that? Yeah. There's nobody where you're like, oh, God, I hate Even that I character. said, like, we're not dealing with, like, because he's the new guy in school. You know, they move to this place. So the premise of it is Egon, we see him. We're, we're going to spoil things. Yeah, let's have some spoilers. Okay. People have probably seen it by now. Enjoy the spoiler. (laughs) So in the very beginning, we see Egon in present day. We all know that Harold passed away, but he's present day. He's got this big thing going on. He gets back to his farmhouse. Some crazy shit's going down. Electric shock and spirit flying around and a big giant tornado. And then he dies. Spoiler there. Spoiler. And then we cut to Carrie Coon. She's the daughter who's never known him because he abandoned her and her mother or whatever. And now she and her kids have to come out to this farmhouse to resolve whatever the estate is because she's broke and blah, blah, blah. So that's where we get the kids to this place. That's where we start from. The family are likable. Yes. The kids have to go to school for the first time or get like he gets his little job, the cafe. 
But nobody's like a jerk, which I appreciate because I've always hated that we default to like, oh, there's the bully. Yeah, we don't you even know? ever do that in this movie. Mm-mm. I've expected it to happen. There's a scene where he goes into the diner to see the girl. Yeah. And the people behind the, you know, the two guys who are working there are kind of making fun of him. Kind of. Now yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to turn into like that. But it doesn't turn it into It doesn't. That, and I appreciate that. Not because I'm like, oh, boo-hoo, we can't have anybody have any problems in any movies anymore. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying it's so lazy. Yeah. To default to that, because then you immediately are like trying to, you know, you're championing this kid and no poor him and the bullies are going to have to bite the dust at some point or get in trouble or be the fodder, you know, for the bad guy to be able to. It's okay for the bad guy to hurt the bullies because the bullies are bullies, right? Yeah. Even because we're programmed in movies to see that. Yeah. You know, when it was Phoebe's first day at school. Yes. They're even telegraphing that, well, she's kind of different to the other kids. Correct. So maybe she won't fit in. And you're like, oh, God, she's going to sit next to the bully. Yep. And then that doesn't Somebody's going to make her feel bad. Or she's going to yeah. be super clever and get one over on the bullies. You know, But that it's whole... none of that at all. No. Right. She meets somebody who's similar who's... to her, who she likes. And Ooh, I must admit, I think he's hilarious. Yeah, again, <laughs> characters called podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Could, in another movie, be the annoying character that Absolutely. we hate, right? Absolutely. He's the one-liner guy. He's the funny comic relief but there's something about him. He's kind of he lovable. Was, he was awesome. I think that's the thing about this movie. It's not in mean spirits at all. Correct. Spirits. Get it? Got it. And it's family friendly. Aside from, not me, because I'm like 52 years old. <laughs> but when Carrie Coon gets possessed and she's in the chair talking in the weird tongue. Yeah. I find that terrifying. I was thinking like little kids would find that terrifying. Well, that's the idea. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying. I wouldn't, you know, it's not for the three-year-olds, is it? Four-year-old. They'll be fine. You're too, you're too soft. They're fine. Well, I, I was mean, terrified. in the movie, Paul Rudd is the summer teacher, and the movies he chooses to show the children yeah, that's instead of teaching them are <laughs> Cujo and Chucky. So, yeah, I think what we're saying is, children. I mean, do whatever you want. I don't have children, so I'm not telling you to show your children. Show your children horror movies, but. I watched a lot of horror movies when I was a kid, like a lot, and I'm fine. I'm I'll fine. recommend you a couple of movies for your kids. The Exorcist <laughs> and Irreversible. Oh even I wouldn't, don't even show anyone under 50 Irreversible. Don't listen to our advice, by the way. No. <laughs> don't even watch Irreversible unless you're, you've got a therapist and you have no triggers whatsoever in your whole of your life. Yeah. No, no, no. If you- Exorcist, though, I mean, you know. If anybody out there does uh, watch Irreversible from my advice, <laughs> please email me and tell me what you thought of it. And how traumatized are you? Now that somebody's looking up Irreversible, what's that? Yeah. It's I'm very a- unsettling. It's traumatic and terrible. And it obviously is because we come back to it a lot. We do. <laughs> it made an impact. <laughs> yeah. And we were fully grown adults when we watched that shit. Exactly. Uh, it's not shit. It's very high quality, but very difficult. Yeah. So back to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things Nothing that, to do with those horrible, scary movies. One of the things I really liked was how it, the cinematography and the music. It brings me back to early, you know, Steven Spielberg movies. Even though Ghostbusters isn't a Steven Spielberg movie. But it's got that feel, you know, the yep, small town America, a mystery is about to unfold and you're following some kids on this mystery. Absolutely. It feels just like that. 
It's really well filmed, I think. It looks beautiful all the time. You know, like the shots of the car going down the road, the Ecto-1? Yes. With the kids in it. The special effects I found really good when they first make the proton pack up and then they go to the, that barn place and they're shooting at the yep. ghost in the city. It just looked really good. Like I the whole agree. thing. They're not covering anything up with darkness. You can see everything that's going on all the time. I mean, there's a little bit of rubbery stuff here and there, like in the heat of the stuff, but. You mean I, the ghosts? The people here and there. When mm. she's like dangling off the car and there's a whole lot going on and she's right. going through town and the people, there's a little bit there, but you know, I can accept it. Yeah, there's a cool action sequence where they drive the car through the town with the. With the new proton pack and the... Who put the um cool seat on the in the Ecto-1? That, that was in the cartoon. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I it... only know that big... I mean, I've watched the cartoon as well back in the 80s or 90s whenever it was on. I was an adult but still watched it uh, <laughs> in the afternoons. But I was just reading in the extras. That's where that came from. The real I, ghost. I didn't remember it either. Yes. Yeah, I was like, why is that happening we've not done anything to this car as far as i can tell and maybe granddad did it you know at mm. some point maybe well, would... it's actually a thing yeah so there are a few changes let's say well not if you're in fully in the uh, universe no that's part of it yeah it's like watching like the boba fett show and you're like what's that droid there oh it's a droid from a comic book correct like you know it's that kind of little easter eggy thing correct i like the story quite a lot it definitely pulls at your heartstrings at the end i found it slightly unsatisfying the actual thing if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah i agree it's like less important than everything else if you there's like a big thing that's going to end like end of world end of the world type scenario it kind of happens quickly and then it ends quickly too and then we get to the sentimental part agree so that's where i was kind of like well it didn't really feel like it had any stakes to it that stuff but now I'm enjoying seeing the Ghostbusters again. The original Ghostbusters turn up. Now, controversially, there's a digital likeness of Harold Ramis. I don't think it's controversial. No, but digital likenesses are kind of annoying, aren't they, usually? Well, but I mean, we've only seen a couple, and this one's fine. It's really good, so I think it's we've fine. Se- what have we seen? We've seen Carrie Fisher. Not good. We've seen Paul Walker better it was fine yeah yeah and we've seen peter cushing in not good not good at (laughs) all the worst one no carrie's was pretty bad yeah i feel like i have to squint during those parts and then i can buy it like give it a squint and you're good paul walker i didn't have to squint. that one was actually quite well done but he doesn't really do anything he just looks at the camera but this one i don't know it looked a bit video game to me but then again, well, he's, a, he's a glowing, slimy ghost. Uh-huh. He's got a little sparkle to him. And so I can forgive it. It was pretty neat that they did the four Harold on the screen. Yeah. Like I said, you'll be like really sad and you'll be like, why am I so sad? I was That's sad. I cried. I mean, he is dead. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, lots of people are dead. But- I was looking at the expression on the other Ghostbusters faces, who obviously on that day when they were filming that, would have had to have been thinking about the friend. And you could see it on Bill Murray's face. So that was what I was thinking about. Not that they're all looking at a green ball, green yeah. tennis ball on a rod at the end there, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of what's happening. So let's get on to the cast. 
Have you anything else about the movie? I don't. I just really enjoyed it. It's fun. It's sweet. I like it. I like all the people. So there's the cast for you. They're all good. (laughs) I also said to you before we started watching it, will they include the Ghostbusters song? And I was in the mind of probably not because maybe it doesn't fit with the movie. But do they include the Ghostbusters song? I mean, at the very, very end. Yeah, but <laughs> you can groove out to the Ghostbusters you song. You can, at, at the, the end. Yeah. Also, stay at the end of the... There's two end of credit type scenes. I mean, they're not majorly important, but no. you know, they're cool if you're a fan. So Carrie Coon is the new character. She plays Callie. What did you think of Carrie? She's good. I mean, there are moments when I'm like, you're hamming it up just a little bit. You know, as the daughter who is anti-science, doesn't identify with her own young daughter because she's sciencey. She knows her father was a scientist and because he abandoned them, she's got this like, uh, science, yeah. right? So I get that. But at times it was just a little bit. But as far as like, I mean, Carrie Coon, I just like her. So I loved it when she, the possessed part. That was my favorite part with Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd plays Gruberson. He's the teacher. And a love interest. Hilarious that he let the kids watch Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he's just being Paul Rudd, to be fair. True. But if you like Paul Rudd, you'll like it. <laughs> true, true. Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things plays Trevor. He's the son. What do you think of Finn? He was good. I mean, he's... he's 15 years old. <laughs> not <supposedly>. 15. <laughs> well, this was made three years ago, so he would have been 16. Yeah. So he's pretty close. For some reason, he's a grown man. Well, he's in my tall. Eyes. He's very mm. tall and very lanky. So yeah, you're thinking the whole time, like, damn, this boy's not even 16 yet. But no, he's fine. I like watching him. I think he does a good job. He's he's not that kid actor who over to me anyway. He just he seems right in the moment. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's like he doesn't have that kid thing going on that a lot of kid actors do. The runaway star for me of the whole movie is McKenna <laughs> Grace as Phoebe. She is amazing. She's very good. I don't know. She's the like the blood, the pumping heart of the movie, I think. Absolutely. And I I don't know. She's just great. Really great. Everything she she's very funny. She tells these like terrible jokes, let's call it. <laughs> yeah. Say. Nerdy jokes. But joke. every time she tells one, it's funny. And she just has the science brain. She also doesn't react. She even mentions, doesn't she? She don't really react to things like other people do. So when her chessboard starts playing chess with her but there's nobody there. She isn't even freaked out by it. No, she seems fine. She's like, it's probably granddad playing chess with me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she was great. Logan Kim plays podcast. We mentioned him earlier. Very funny. Very and funny. I, again, he could be that character that you're just like, Ugh, but it just works. I mean. Yeah, he's just fun he's- and not mean. Not mean, not overly like, I mean, hams it up, but I mean, you feel like, okay, well, this is a kid who has his own podcast. That's why they call him podcast. And he doesn't really care what anybody thinks about him. And he just is. And I like that. Then we've got Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, the Ghostbusters. They do return. The what? (laughs) (laughs) They do return, but, you know, they're not in it a lot, let's say. But, interestingly to me, they're almost the least interesting part. Because yeah. I was really into the new part. I forgot they were coming. Right. I mean, seriously, I was like, when they reappeared near the end, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of puts the icing on the cake. Yeah. They're so good, the new people. I had forgot, yeah, like, about the Ghostbusters. Is that good in a Ghost? I'm watching a Ghostbusters movie. 
And I forgot about the Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then we've also got Sigourney Weaver as Dana. Stick around after the credits. Sigourney yeah. will be there. That's all. This is directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of... Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman. And Jason... And who's Ivan Reitman? He's the director of Ghostbusters. There you go. Catch everybody up. (laughs) Jason Reitman directed Young Adult, which is an excellent... I really love that movie. You know which one I mean? Mm -mm. Young Adult with Charlize Theron. She's kind of a F-up. Yeah. I didn't love it, but... He also directed Up in the Air with Anna Kendrick. Remember that one? Yep. He also directed Juno and one of our favorites, Thank You for Smoking. So Jason Reitman's made some good movies out there. Yeah. But those are very different movies to this one. (laughs) Very different. I don't know. Those are dramas. This is straight up action movie. I like the direction here. I like the cinematography. The music was spot on, I thought. There was a lot of cues from the old Ghostbusters. Yeah. Just to make you in exactly the right places, go, oh, that's the the Ghostbusters music. It's kind of coming in. Oh, I wouldn't recognize that unless it's the actual theme. Oh, I recognized it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I do remember scores very well for some reason. You do. You have an ear for it. You're like, oh, there's Spider-Man's <laughs> music. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. We were watching Mandal- no, yeah. no, Boba <laughs> Fett and the Mandalorian music started playing. And I said, oh, there's Mandalorian. And you're like, what? What? I just have to trust you at this point. <laughs> I go, yep, sure. <laughs> IMDB reviews. What are those? Reviews on a website called imdb.com, where you find the one-star reviews and then read them out so that people can experience them fully. Fully? Fully. (laughs) So the first guy says, boring. It's literally the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, wow. A super boring movie, and the story is just so slow. Oh, slow. The girl is literally the most annoying character I've ever seen and acts like she's the smartest person alive. The dialogue is bland and the story is nonsensical. Don't waste your time watching this piece of crap. Oh my. Got hardcore there at the end. So that's that guy. (laughs) Or gal. We don't know. It's the most unoriginal take. It's like they just wanted to cash grab. The child acting was not good. It was a poor showing from Paul Rudd. Nothing original. Everything has already been done. It's a children's movie and not even close to the originals. It's boring. Okay, so let's examine this one. Let's unpack it. The original was pretty close to a children's movie. Yes. In my um, memory, you know? I mean, it definitely wasn't for, well, kind of for everybody, but yeah. Yeah, it was just as precious kind of as this one. So, interesting. And finally... Another proof that humanity is constantly regressing and cinema has accelerated the process by 10 times. Two hours of my life wasted on an unimaginative film, shamelessly copying its glorious forerunner, changing only the age of the characters, all in order to squeeze some money out of the pockets of brainwashed spectators. Charming. (laughs) I will be brainwashed then. I'm <laughs> fine with that. Yeah. So those are the people who didn't like it. We watched the streaming version, so we didn't watch any extras. But let's give this movie a score. I'm going to give Ghostbusters Afterlife an 8 out of 10. Me too, because of what it is. Those people are so wrong. So wrong. So wrong. So wrong. It's just because it is 
you don't have to love it or like it or watch it, <laughs> right? And if you do watch it and you don't like it, okay. It doesn't make it the worst movie ever. No. Also, it doesn't make it great just because we really enjoyed it. I have to, I know this. I mean, one. that does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it doesn't. All right. So that is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Next week, we'll review another movie. Don't know what it is yet, but we will next week. Movie recommendations. I'm going to give you the recommendation of Steven Spielberg's E.T., which hmm. this movie reminded me of in its cinematography quite Goodness. a bit. And McKenna Grace, who's Phoebe in this movie, was in a show called Designated Survivor. I knew you were going to go there. That I've mentioned before with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. <laughs> All I could think it was Lost Boys. I'm like, he's not, he's yeah. not Lost, Lost, Lost Boys, Lost Boys, Lost Boys. It's a TV show. It's political. But I don't really like politics, but I really enjoyed that show. And it wasn't great either. Maggie We're Q not, is We in don't it. have the highest standards of quality. It's not great, but it's just one of those fast moving, every single week Network something television. terrible is going to happen to the nation. Something already terrible happened and then blah, blah, blah. So yeah, check it out. It's fun. And your recommendations are? My recommendations are movies from the 90s. And I've just hit, I think, the end of the 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look at my spreadsheet. Oh, yes. Okay. So I'm at the end of 1990, and my five movies are Misery. Hobble. Edward Scissorhands. Any comments for that one? Topiary. 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 <laughs> like snip, snip, snip. Awakenings. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Mermaids. Cher. Correct. And Kindergarten Cop. Get to the chopper. <laughs> that is not in Kindergarten Cop, <laughs> but it is Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, you know, the 90s had a very large catalog of movies that were highly enjoyable. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, I don't want to start any controversy by defending any of these movies when people be like, ah, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, well, fuck off, because Kindergarten Cop was cute and funny and sweet for what it was. It was. So, Ace Scully stuff, I've been playing more Far Cry 6. Not yeah, much you, more to yeah, say. Yeah, you have. I just keep playing it, and it keeps... Get... <laughs> it probably lasts me like half a year, I reckon. It's so big. But I keep playing that. I also um, modded a second controller, which I talked about. If you want to see my modded controllers, go to our Facebook group. Posted pictures of them there. And I haven't played anything else. So that's my stuff. What's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very ab abbreviated. I like it. What's for supper? Impossible Whoppers. We yeah. Just, yeah. We're vegetarian. That's why we're telling you what we eat. People say, what can you possibly eat if you don't eat dead animals? And I say, well, everything else. And so we're not vegan. That's a life, big life philosophy thing that's much different than just not eating the dead animal meat part. Well, and we're not animal rights activists or anything. If you're cruel to animals or to anybody or anything, you're just a complete asshole. But we don't care if you eat meat. That's not the deal. We just chose not to eat it. And that's been, um, did you know it's been since 2009? I did. That's a long time. Here's something we can talk about in this little segment that we didn't talk about on the podcast. Okay. Well, this is the podcast? Yeah. So KFC have a new, um, oh, yeah. uh, like, vegeta vegan? Plant-based? Plant-based product. And we tried it, and it's, uh, what was it called? Mm, Plant-based nuggets, yeah. let's say. And we tried it the other couple of weeks ago, mm. and what did you think? I didn't like it. 
we don't we're not brainwashed to be like oh plant-based plant-based everything's delicious i mean we're brainwashed to go plant-based and then go out and try it yes I will try, <laughs> i'll try anything because i like junk food and so if you're gonna make a plant-based junk food for me yeah i'm not gonna argue about it i'm gonna taste it and it was not good now if people don't know for the last two to three years i've been having an issue with having lost my sense of taste and smell no, it wasn't from the COVID, if we're supposed to say that, I don't know. It was early 2019 when a mysterious virus made me lose my sense of taste and smell. You know, question mark, question mark. I've, I've struggled with it ever since. Some things I can eat just fine, like fried French fries from Burger King and French fries from Wendy's are fine. French fries from other places. There's something in the oil that it's like whatever's wrong with my wiring is now it's repulsive, right? Those unfortunately had something very unpleasant, and well, you said they were greasy. I will um, say, as a person who can taste everything <laughs> and like chicken, you know, vegan, plant based nugget type things, because we do have ones. Oh, yeah. We have ones by Quan that really taste awesome. They're make... awesome. They're insanely delicious. So that's my kind of benchmark. I thought they got to taste better than those, probably these KFC ones, because they're the masters of doing stuff. Fried that stuff. Like... Yeah. Yeah. But. I did not like them at all, and they were very greasy, and I never get like heartburny type things. Oh yeah! And that day I got it. I had heartburn, so they were hefty. Yeah, so we're we're not having those but impossible whoppers. We've both love them, and yeah. they're great. And so KFC, um, it's a raise your game, boys and girls. <laughs> all right, so Sito, what's your advice? Uh, my advice is I don't know if it's advice. It might be advice this time. So. The other night, I got a call from a friend. It was very unexpected. You know, ask, can I give you a call? Sure. And I always think, what's wrong? What's wrong? Right? Because it's the 21st century. We don't call each other that much anymore. When people call you, it's almost like bad news. So I'm like, sure, you can call. Well, he called. And then he's just in that in a thing, in a funk. I mean, I don't want to dismiss it, but I don't know how else to describe it. And I'm the kind of friend or wife or sibling, or child of my mother and slash parents. My dad's dead for a few years. But I do not rush to fix you or save you or cheer you up or make everything all right. Because I don't believe everything's ever going to be all right. That's not my <laughs> my philosophy of life is like, it is what it is. Shit is bad and terrible and boring and wonderful and fantastic and absolutely incredible in life. And it's also the most wretched and horrible thing ever. It's all combined. So when somebody's feeling down or feeling something off, a lot of people just want to like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Oh, don't say that. Oh, don't talk like that. Oh, don't feel like that. Oh, da -da. no, 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 no. And then lead on to some other distraction, right? Like some other thing that makes them just stop talking about it because, oh, it's upsetting for everyone. I'm not that person at all. I'm kind of the opposite. I want to like dig into it like, hmm, What's making you talk like this right now, right? Like, I feel like if someone starts to open up to you and it sounds devastating or unsettling, I'm not afraid to say, like, first of all, I'm not afraid to say, like, well, do you want to explain exactly why you feel this way? And I'm also not afraid to say, okay, here's the deal. Here's some tough love coming at you, right? You're either sounding like you're feeling sorry for yourself or you do know that you're wrong, Correct? Like your life has meaning. So I'm telling you you're wrong. And if you don't believe me, that's too bad. But I'm telling you now. <laughs> it does. So you're just going to have to suck it up and either believe it or from this point forward, what you're saying just sounds a little self-indulgent, right? I'm that person. I'll say that to you. I'll, ex I'll 
appreciate and respect why you feel bad. But there comes a time when, depending on the thing, if you're just wallowing, then that's what you're doing, right? Or if you're just mired down and you don't know how to come out of it, maybe just saying it out loud and talking to the friend who is me is enough and I don't need to come patch you up and make you feel better. And that would be my advice that sometimes when people sound the most broken down now, of course, it depends on the actual circumstance. So if you've had someone in actual desperation or, you know, hardcore suicidal or anything like that, that doesn't apply. I'm just talking about people who just get mired and down and, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. It doesn't all about either everyone's super fucking happy and delirious or everyone's horrible and suicide and thinks life has is pointless from this point forward. There's a lot of things in between there, right, that go either direction. And so I'm just the, I would just say that when someone comes to you, maybe next time, if your urge is to like cheer them up immediately or fix everything that's wrong with them or reassure them when you actually know the truth is that whatever this is, is bad and they're going to have to face it, then just listen. I'm not a great listener. I'm more proactive, but you know, listen to what they're saying, but don't try to like get out all your tools to put them all back together, you know? Because cause sometimes things just are what they are, and the person's going to have to deal with it themselves. But saying it to you might be the thing that actually really does help. All right. Nicely said. Yeah, well. You can catch us on acecully.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is our social media. Anchor.fm slash after the show is where the podcast is. We're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever podcasts are available. Email feedback to me, acecully at acecully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She does not like you, any of you. Any of you? That's not accurate. And stay classy, Mrs. Luca Bateman, one of our listeners, who is probably on a walk listening to the podcast. And you're freaking her out. You're freaking her out. And now she's freaking out because we said her name. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Or Miss. She's not Mrs. She's Miss, right? Ms. Ms. I don't understand those. Just call her Bateman. That's what I go. Luca Bateman. Not Patrick. <laughs> but everyone calls it that, which is hilarious. So That's true. I'm going to say think for yourselves, because if you're not doing it, someone will do it for you. 